Hey everybody, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Society, joined with Tyler and Nick again. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Uh, we're just going to have a bit of a chat today about bikes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not a lot of physiology, yeah, yeah. maybe positions. I reckon there's a couple yeah. of things we can talk about, but basically a bit of background. Uh, Tyler and I both got gravel bikes and Nick got a new road bike just recently, <laughs> so... Um, I've ridden mine three times in about two weeks, so that's pretty good for me. And you've been a bit more that's than that. That's more riding than you usually do. <laughs> that's right. So it's motivating me to keep going. But, but basically, we just wanted to sort of chat, rubbish, chat some rubbish about uh, how we're going to use, particularly Tyler, coming into a bustle to build, how we're going to use the bikes and the differences in position and muscle groups and maybe where you could use it in training. So um, I've got a couple of ideas in my head, but I might throw to you, Tyler, how are you anticipating you'll use your t- time trial versus your road bike versus your gravel versus your mountain bike, so the full box you got, over <laughs> yeah, the next yeah. couple of months into a, into a December build, uh, December race, sorry. Uh, well, the mountain bike will probably go away until after bus at this point, I'd say, especially with the wet weather and the mud yeah. and the risk of crashing, and so we'll put that one away. In terms of, I've got the TT bike set up on the trainer at the moment, I'm doing most of my trainer sessions on it. Um, because I can, like it, it, it sort of doesn't take much away. It, it keeps me in that position, sort of. So it's not so foreign. Um, but mostly, like I did actually, you know, so I did take it for a long ride last weekend. But I'm not really riding the TT bike outside a whole lot at the moment. You know, Busso's December six, Melbourne's November middle, something. So we're a long, long way away. So um, when we get closer to that that's when it will get specific and I'll be doing my long rides on it and trying to spend as much time in that TT position as I can um, at the moment like I said I'm doing my, my trainer work on it just because I can it basically stays on the trainer but um, yeah, while I can while this is all just like getting K's in the legs and just fitness I'm on the road bike um, I find hills really good at this point in the program just getting some bike strength and then the new the new steed the gravel bikes quickly become the uh, go to go to the shed, that's often the one you reach for. Uh, and I haven't fully worked out how I'm gonna use that, but I have got thoughts of getting some clip-on bars and and potentially not riding my TT bike as much, getting into those big Ks. Um, you know, if, I can, if the position's similar, I guess, is the best I'm gonna hope for. Mm. Um, the ability to go and do, like last week, last week, I rode just on the Warby Trail on a weekday, so we're a bit flexible here, so middle of the day, Warby Trail's a bit quiet on a weekday. Warby and back from end of 60Ks of just, like, non-stop. Like, 60Ks, yeah, okay. yeah. pretty much two hours, fairly quiet, no traffic issues, flat. So the ability to potentially have some bars and be able to do that sort of quality position work, you know, and if you're going to travel, there's, like, there's Yay Mansfield, which is about 80Ks one way, that's a dead flat trail that... Now, in my mind, if I can get in a TT style position and do 160 k's, not on any roads, mm, with the ability to carry bottles and things like that on that bike, that seems like a no-brainer yeah. as a as an option. So yeah, that that's been good, and yeah, the getting off the road. I think people will agree that the more you can get off the road, the better it is. Yeah. It's just I guess finding those trails that aren't too crowded and and. You know, you know, you don't want to be doing 40k an hour on your TT bike on Dandong Creek Trail with yeah. dogs and pedestrians and things. So yeah, yeah. no, but I, I think I think that's the key. Yeah, that's sort of what I noticed as well. Is is that um, if you pick your trail somewhat carefully, you don't have to stop at all. Yeah. Um, I did a 50k off roader 
last week and I didn't stop, like, or maybe once. I think I had to stop once to cross the road. Like, that was it, you know, in a, in a two-hour ride or whatever. So, versus a road bike, if you go on Beach Road or wherever you're going, it's always, but it's... it's traffic buddy, lights every couple of Traffic lights meters. every... Yeah, exactly right. So, there's, it's a lot very... It's very stop-start. You have to... You have to be consciously aware of traffic and cars yeah. and other bikes and all that sort of stuff. Yes, you got dogs and pedestrians and that sort of stuff, but but if you pick the time of day, you pick the right track. I did down in Bass. Not, not many, <laughs> not a couple there, but yeah, not really. I think I passed maybe eight bikes in yeah. two hours or whatever, and they're just cruising along anyway. So I think the continuity of it's really good. Particularly if you talk, we talk about timing zone for your endurance zone two stuff. You easily can do that on a gravel bike if, if you pick the right track because you don't. You literally don't have to stop. There's no start and stop. Um, and I think the other thing is, is just, you, said, you said it'd be good if you could do 160 k's on a, on a gravel bike, but you're going to go a little bit slower, a little bit slower on a gravel bike. So all we care about is, is time in zone anyway. We don't really care about the distance, whether that means whatever. But you, 120 k on a gravel bike might be the same as doing 180 or even 200 on a TT. Maybe not that much, but you, you get the point. You're going a lot faster on a TT than you are a, on a gravel bike. But... When we're talking about aerobic conditioning, your body doesn't care how far you're going, it just cares about the yeah. time spent in a certain in a stimulus zone. zone. Um, so it, it's all about that duration. So you have a slightly slower average speed, so you don't go as far, but as long as you're getting three hours, four hours, five hours, it doesn't really matter. Um, interesting you said about the TT bars. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think it'll work well enough, obviously the difference. Is a gravel bike geometry similar to a road? Yeah, do all. Well, it's gonna. It, it, what's your yeah? What's your gravel bike? So we, yeah. Luke and I got uh, Cervelo Sparrows, which are quite an aggressive. Like they are built as almost a gravel race bike. Yeah. I think maybe if you were to look at a Merida Silex or something, I think they're a fair bit more relaxed. Um, and then how do you set it up? So you know, if you're gonna be doing a lot, if you're thinking you're gonna be doing it, cause they are quite capable, we were just talking about, Luke was talking about getting sideways and mud and tree roots and, you know, it's, it is one of the biggest shocks for me was how capable it is from road to off-road. Yeah. Right, like I, I could sit on a road at 31, 32K an hour at a sort of effort that's probably 35, 36 on the road bike. Yeah, it's not right. that much slower. And you can then get onto some quite rough stuff. So the setup then, you know, like, slam that stem if you if you do drop that stem right down and have a longer stem you'll probably get into it you can get into a quite an aggressive position it's not going to be much fun when you do get onto some rough off-road stuff but if, you, if it's going to be primarily as a as a training tool for road racing or triathlon then that's probably a good option if you're thinking you're going to be getting off sort of the the, the walking trails and onto some real off-road stuff then you are going to obviously want to relax that a little bit to keep the control but yeah I think you you probably get reasonable obviously you're not going to get that same steep seat tube angle like the seat's going to be laid back a bit you're not going to get that into a time trial or especially a triathlon position but you know you can push it forward and you can drop your bars and lengthen them and you know you fit around I think you'd get into a reasonably Mm. a position that would reasonably well replicate again how aggressive your your triathlon bike set up so Mm. I guess the two things you're looking at, as you said, is probably the the, the drop from the saddle to the bars, that, that aggressive steep there, that, that how, how aggressive that slope is there, and then it's it's the, how much hip extension you're in, like a TT bike versus a road bike. Basically putting yourself in an anterior pelvic tilt on a TT, essentially, to exactly get that right. extension. So compared to, yeah, if you've got that relaxed type frame on a road or a gravel bike, you're probably not going to be able to get that full same position from the hips perspective as you would in a TT, absolutely, but... 
I think it more comes down to like a phase of training, like when you're actually trying to use it. You mentioned before, like going out and doing those Ks early. Is yes. it going to be matter as much? Because then, no, if you can then bank the Ks on the time trial bike in the last six, eight, twelve weeks, however long you feel you need to get that time trial specific or triathlon specific position sorted on that bike, that's the specific preparation anyway. It's like everything before that was just building the aerobic base essentially. So does it does it matter that you're a little bit out? Um, in that phase, like if you if you're just riding your road bike all the way up, and then a week before you're going to jump on your TT and then do a yeah, week's exactly. worth of taper and then race day, probably not the best idea. Exactly right. But I think it sort of fits in nicely with the training phases of, of how you how you're preparing. Because um, yeah, there is going to be some difference. Like you're going to miss out on a bit of that um, anterior pelvic tilt in the hip to be able to get you rotate enough forward to get that really aggressive position down over the bars as you would on a time trial bike or a TT bike um, set up correctly. But are you just getting a better stimulus and is it more comfortable to go and do those big endurance rides? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, I think the timing timing is, is probably the, the number one underlying factor. And just for those not, not too familiar with the difference between a road and a time trial bike, so when Nick talks about anterior pelvic tilt, basically in a road bike, you, you seat it back a bit further and you have more hip flexion. So as if you're sitting forward on a chair almost because your bum's yeah. back. And then on a time trial bike, uh, the, the seat right, the seat tube is actually it's kind of straight up as opposed to back on an angle, so you've got more hip extension. Basically, all it means is in a time trial bike you use more glutes and hamstrings. Um, the theory behind that is that you they're the muscles that you would use in a, like a run off the bike, for example. So you already warm them up. Um, so so the differences that you might experience doing a road or, and a gravel versus like a TT is that a, a road and a gravel use a bit more quads, and then a, a time trial you're going to use a bit more glute and hamstring. So um, keep your hips open. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep, exactly, and keep those hips open. So uh, what we're saying is basically right now, what are we still, almost six months? Yeah, just under. Yeah, yeah. so just under six months from, from the, the A race. Um, do whatever do whatever you need to do to, to get the Ks in the banks, to enjoy it, to maybe you know keep yourself mentally fresh because that when we get two to three months out, it's probably going to be a little bit of, you know, at least once a week or, or whatever, doing a long ride on a t- in a TT position to get the, the specificity of the training now and get the muscle... Uh, the muscle specificity in there, and then doing some runs off the bike as well. But it's uh, at the end of the day, I think a gravel bike or anything off road, any oh, mate, don't, don't get me wrong. If you live in the country and you can just go and use a road bike and not stop anywhere, that's yeah, great. That's I right. think for, for the majority of people watching, we've got to deal with traffic lights and traffic and and all the the, mm. the stop start. And, and for me, the, the, the HRV just from the, the mental aspect, you, you have to you're constantly on. You constantly yeah. have to be paying attention. Nearly got yep. to buy a truck fucking last week, didn't I? You know, <laughs> <laughs> right outside the office, this truck is like, no, no worries. It's Almost, yeah, anyway, could have been dead, not all good. Uh, but you don't get that on, on the gravel, yeah. unless you're going sideways on the, on the off-road track like we were before. And that's a, off, off topic a little bit, but anyone who, I suppose, Luke might not have it, Nick and I might cop it a bit more if we get a big gusty side wind on our, on our deeper... <laughs> I'm too deep, fat, you're deep a section wheel. No, it's <laughs> muscular. Certainly, I think that is something that... Um, off-road riding helps with those little just bike control reflexes like your, your front wheel rolls over a yeah. rock that you're not ready and you you just yeah, get used to that and I think that that helps when you, you if you chuck on a 80 mil deep carbon wheel and it's, which you're not used to riding on presumably and yeah. I, just those little reflexes and bike control skills that's just another little aspect that I think you get from that putting yourself in that position and and helping on race day making you a bit more comfortable yeah, it's no, it's no point having yeah. a big deep front wheel on if you've got to then sit up and hold on to the base bar because you can't you hold your position because yeah, you're not confident sure. controlling it. Even then, like, 
riding down Beach Road and that, you get stuck in packs of 30, 40, uh, like when I say prime time on a Saturday morning on good conditions, like today it's pretty sunny, you go out there on a Saturday, reasonably nice, and you're going to inevitably end up in some sort of pack situation, which if you're a triathlete, you're not allowed to be sitting on wheels. <laughs> so like having that practice potentially on a gravel trail where you're by yourself, you don't, like if you go and ride with someone, you can potentially ride next to them. You don't have that factor of having to worry about other people around you. But then also you're getting a free ride most of the time from a drafting effect if you are sitting on wheels. Um, depending on the type of session, you, you might want to do it. Like if you were doing intervals and you want to use that as your recovery, sure. But if you're just out there doing a zone two ride, are you selling yourself short because your heart rate's sitting 15, potentially 20 beats lower because you're sitting fourth wheel back and not having to take the full brunt of the headwind or whatever it is, getting sucked along? Um, Potentially, that's an, that's an impact there as well. And I, I think that sort of goes on almost the opposite of what we said about using a gravel bike and you go slower, yeah. so you, you might go 120 k's, but it's normally 180, whatever. Again, no problem drafting if you're holding the right, the ideal heart yeah. rate zone that you're targeted for that session. But if you if you're if you've planned out your ride to be, you know, you go down to, um, you know, Portsea and back or whatever, and yeah. it's 180 k's, but it, it only takes you know, you're averaging 45 k's an hour, so it actually only yeah. takes you what's that four hours, but you should have actually done six hours. Mm. Then drafting becomes an issue because you'd cut yourself two hours short. So yeah. forget about the distance; it's all time about the, the time in zone. Um, I think drafting is really good for, particularly if you're a crit racer or something like that, and you've got to get used to that sort of stuff. Yeah, for bike, and, bike handling skills, obviously. Of course. Before, from a triathlon perspective, I think it's it's good from the, the, the mental aspect of, of it's a bit more fun, a bit more variety and, and all that sort of stuff, but you don't want it to come at the cost of actually undercutting the duration of the session that you've that you've pre-planned. So uh, I think so there's no, no sort of... Um, there's no really message for today, so to speak, sort of just bragging about getting some new bikes. But, <laughs> but the key is that, that whatever you're doing it's, it's, in training, it's just about trying to find that optimum combination of, of hitting the targets in your session, so hitting the duration and the intensity targets. Um, if you can avoid stopping, that, that's great. Uh, but then also keeping yourself mentally fresh, or not mentally fresh, just mentally motivated by maybe mixing up, doing some off-road and doing some hills and doing some TT stuff, but just keeping training interesting so that you can adhere to 90 or 100% of your program rather than having those weeks where you can't be bothered because you're psychologically tired or, or whatever it is. So um, if you've got a few bikes, it's, it's always good to increase that variety, but um, time in zone, keep the intensity where it's at, and then as you get closer to race day, two to three months out, then sort of get a bit more into that specificity mindset where you should do some TT stuff and you should do some running off the bike and all that. Um, but that's it from today. Anything to add? All good? All good. Uh, we'll speak to you on the next episode. Let's go riding.